Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. If uh, we haven't met, my name is Ed Dorner. And uh, hey, before we get rolling, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed, you know, every Sunday, you, you may not realize the miracle that every Sunday is, and uh, you know, as, as we're singing, uh, I'm looking at the words, and Daniel never quite knows what I'm going to be teaching on. I mean, he knows the text, but he never quite knows. In fact, I usually don't really know until I actually get up to deliver. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not prepared, but... I never know exactly how God's going to use it. And so I just want to say thank you because I'm watching those words and I'm like, holy smokes, Lord, he just taught the lesson today. And you didn't even realize it. So maybe just say thank you for what Daniel, the band, our tech team. Uh, we work really hard because what we really want to do is we want to bring Christ to you in a way that's real, in a way that's relevant and, uh, and every once in a while, today's one of those days, I think you're going to benefit um, from the message. Uh, I benefited tremendously, and this is really, um, I think I tell you, I've told you before that I, I don't preach to anybody. Um, I usually, this is usually what God is doing in my life, and, and I hope you benefit from what God is doing in my life, because he's really teaching me a lot, and, uh, and there's some times that are hard, and, um, and we're just in a season of hard and, um, and there's no necessary reason for it except that God is doing something and, it, and it, sometimes it means it's hard. And you're going to see in our text today, it was a hard time for Paul. Hard doesn't mean bad. Hard is hard. And, and we never know the mind of Christ. This is what we looked at last week. We talked about, was it worth it? But today, we're going to go a little bit deeper because we're going to see life was hard for Paul, even though Paul was doing exactly what God wanted him to do, and it was still really hard. And when I talk about hard things, uh, let me just give you the last two weeks, what we've been kind of working through. So a lot of you know that, you know, we started last summer, we started Gateway Healthcare, and uh, Jim has been amazing. You know, Jim Mears, the clinic director, volunteering more than full-time, to make this work. And he and I worked together a lot on this. And, and it took us, for us to find a medical director, took us 52 interviews before we started. Think about that. 52 interviews before we could find a medical director. And in the last two weeks, here's what happened. Our medical director decided to pursue some other things. And so he said, I'm leaving with a two-week notice. Okay, that shuttered us. And then our PA this last week decided he was going to join him in these endeavors. So we're like, huh, what do we do now? And then God gave us, sent us another provider. Called us, wrote us, and said, hey, I'm kind of interested in what you're doing. Can we talk? And so we interviewed and offered a job. And then we interviewed another provider. And that provider said, I'd love to work with you. But we still need a medical director. And a medical director 
wrote to us and said, hey, here you might need a medical director. Want to talk? Absolutely. And that was Friday. That was just two days ago. And he said, I would love to. So we got, a, we got an email from him. I read it this morning. He said, I'd love to be a part of this. And in the midst of this, the board makes a choice and says, time to move. So now we're moving buildings, and we're going to be moving not this week, but next week. And so we got to get a building ready. Now we're moving. So think about, we're moving a clinic to three times its size. We're heading into maybe some kind of mental health providing, you know, providing for mental health. New providers, new medical director. That's enough to make your head go, holy smokes, this is hard. Okay, so just know, maybe know where I'm coming from. That there are times in life that are not bad, but they are just hard. And we believe wholeheartedly we're doing exactly what God wants us to do. And if you don't know a lot about Gateway, it's a primary care, going into urgent care, health care, that specializes in people who don't have insurance to provide health care for them at a cost that they can afford, which is $40. It's amazing. And the clinic, the clinic has done this over 1,100 times. It's amazing how it's impacting and helping people who really need health care but can't afford it. So it's been this incredible, incredible journey, but there are times that it's hard, okay? Now, that's kind of the backdrop. That's what's going on in my life. So when I'm reading about Paul, you know, I'm like, I can, I can relate, but I didn't get whipped, and he got beat up a lot of times. I didn't get beat up, at least not physically. Um, so let's read, if you're in Acts, turn to Acts chapter 17. And we're going to spend a lot of time in the scriptures today looking at various things, because I, I really want you to see um, this incredible thing about how this can apply to us now. So Acts chapter 17. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Now that should sound familiar, because Paul wrote a letter to the Thessalonians. So we're going to tie together, we're going to look at Thessalonians in a little bit here, that he's in Thessalonica, and the book of Thessalonians is nothing more than a letter that he wrote to the church in, Thessalonian, or in Thessalonica. So that's where he is. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on, the, on three Sabbath days, three weeks, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Boy, if we just stop there, that would be amazing. I, I don't know how you feel looking at Paul's life. It's like wash, rinse, repeat. Paul preaches, people get saved, and then there's always, and then there's a rebellion. And then he gets whipped, and then he gets jailed, and then he gets stoned, and then he gets shipwrecked. You know, every time. So, so he just preached again, and all these people get saved. Verse 5, what's first letter, first word? But, oh, that's so hard in the Bible when it says but, because you know, something bad happened. But other Jews 
were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. Now, I don't even have to keep reading on. How do you think this is going to go for Paul? Bad. Why? Because he preached that Jesus had to die and rise. And he showed them from the Bible that Jesus was the Messiah. That's his crime. He told people about Jesus. When you and I do what God wants us to do, it really is going to fall into one of two camps. Either you're going to be a follower of Jesus and do what God wants you to do, or you're going to find that there's another group that doesn't want it, doesn't want God, is rebelling against God. And I don't know about you, but it just seems like, like in these times, this is getting a little bit like it's separating. It's becoming more clear. You're either a Christ follower or you reject Christ followers. Like, like dwelling together in harmony and community, it gets hard because it's almost like, oh, you're a believer? Rejection. Not tolerance, not, hey, that's okay, still love you. It seems like, like there's more and more we're starting to see, wow, it's getting harder to be just a believer in Christ because people are not wanting it because they're rebelling. They're rebelling against God. And it's a reminder with a follower of Christ about what they're doing and where they are. And so it's easier to reject. It's easier to be angry, it's easier to throw a stone at someone than to look and say, wow, what am I doing in my life with my relationship with God? And so it's getting, this is kind of where we are. So it's nothing new. Paul was there too. He talks about Jesus and a mob forms. That's crazy. Because he told them about Jesus. He told them how to get to heaven. And a mob forms, a riot forms. And they're not good character people. <clears throat> All right, so then they rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. You think that's going to go well? Last time he got whipped. But when they didn't find him, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have come here now. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They're all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there's another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. Let's keep going. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. You know what I love about that? They didn't just take his word for it. 
Do you know why I have you open up your Bibles or open up your phones, whatever you have? Don't take my word for it. Don't ever take my word for it. Look for yourself. Read it for yourself. Believe it because you read it. Believe it because it's being taught. Believe it because God is saying it to you, not because somebody's telling you about it. The more that you ground yourself and get grounded in the scriptures, the more faith you will have. That's what God says. Our faith comes from hearing the word of God. If you want to increase your faith, God says, there's the answer. Get into the Bible. And so the Bereans were searching the scriptures to see if it was true. And look at what happened, verse 12. As a result of them looking at the scriptures, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Verse 13. Here's that word again. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. What did he do wrong? Nothing. Was he doing what God wanted him to do? Yes. Well, I want to start there. I want you to now look at your life. Is life hard because of your actions, your attitude, your behavior, your words, your discipline, lack of discipline? Is it what's coming out of your heart, out of your mouth? Is life hard because you're causing it? That's on you. But if life is hard because you're doing what God wants you to do and you're confident that you're seeking God on a daily basis, you're searching him in the scriptures, you're praying regularly and you're doing what God wants you to do and life gets hard, then life is just hard. But be confident God, I don't know why it's hard, but I'm going to keep doing what you want me to do. Now, Paul's going to, we're going to go a little deeper now. Paul's going to tell us what to do. So we're leaving Acts. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is just about five or six books further from Acts. Philippians 4. Now, to put it in context, we were in chapter 17 of Acts. If you go back one chapter to chapter 16, Paul came from Philippi. Now, if you remember last week, he was jailed. He was beaten. He was put in the stocks. And then God opened up the the jail. And the jailer got saved. You might remember that story. That was Philippi. That was Philippians, the book of Philippians. But we want to see what Paul, in the midst of that suffering, what did he do? So Philippians 4, verse 4. In the midst of being whipped and beaten, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let's pause. 
Does that mean be happy? Life is hard. You're getting whipped. You're in jail. Be happy. No. No. Rejoice in the Lord. He didn't say rejoice in your circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord. Paul immediately separates out, here's my circumstances. I'm in jail. Life isn't good. I just got whipped. My back hurts. It's ripped up. It's torn up. So I'm going to make a choice to rejoice in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I get to be with you forever. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not going to leave me, that you're going to be with me every step of the way. Thank you, Jesus, that you're, you're sitting here with me in the midst of my problems, in the midst of my circumstances, and I'm going to rejoice in you. Now, rejoice means repeat, doesn't it? If you re-something, it means you're doing it again. If you repeat third grade, you're doing it over. You repeat it. Re means do it once, and then what? Repeat it. Over and over and over. Why? Because God knows that very quickly if we take our eyes off of Jesus, it's going to be on the circumstances, and we're going to get really disheartened and discouraged. Rejoice in the Lord. That's the first thing. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So when your circumstances are bad and you want to lash out and you want to strike back and you want to yell and you want to be mad, what's Paul say? Be gentle. Let it be evident. They just whipped him. And he said, let your, your gentleness be evident that you're not striking back. That's when life gets hard, it's your own fault. Here's another one. Don't be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Wow, that's hard. In the midst of your circumstances, when you can be anxious about whatever's going on, like, like how are we going to do this, God? How are you going to resolve this? What should we do? God's like, okay, pause. You can either worry or you can pray. What you can't do is both. Because if you pray and say, God, I need your help, God's going to say, okay, then why are you worried? Either we're giving it to him, or we're going to keep it ourselves. If we keep it ourselves, you're going to worry and be anxious. When you say to God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm really scared and I don't know how to do this. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to pray through this and I'm going to trust that you're going to help me through this. And then, then the fight comes in. You know what I'm talking about. I start to worry. God's like, why are you worrying? Give it to me. Okay, you can have it. Can I have it back? And then I take it back and I worry. God's like, why are you worried? I got this. Okay, you got this. And then I worry. And, and we go through this tussle, but I think this is a reminder for all of us. He says, don't. 
Don't be anxious. Bring it to God with prayer, petition, and here's the hard one, thanksgiving. Do you find that hard? Paul's in prison. His back's torn up. Be thankful? That's a hard one. Just start listing your blessings. Got a home, got a car, got a place. Do you have food? you have health? Do you have family? Do you have a job? Boy, in the, it doesn't matter how hard life is. I bet you if you think for just a moment, you are immeasurably blessed. And if everything goes bad, you know one thing nobody can take from you? Your faith, your salvation, and your place in heaven. And if that's all you have to be thankful for, you got everything. Circumstances were working themselves out. What else does Paul say? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That means you can't even understand where the peace is, but you have a peace. It's from God. You know, God's peace is like this. Let me give you an image. Think about a hurricane. It is all around you. Sometimes life can feel like a hurricane. Like things are going at a speed. They're hard. It's, it's difficult. And God has you right in the center of the hurricane. And you're like, okay, this is freaky. Because all around me, life is going crazy. Why am I okay? I'm okay. That's what faith is. Faith is you're okay. Your circumstances might be out of control. But you're okay because you're right where God wants you. And God says, I'm going to give you a peace that you won't even understand it. You're going to feel anxious because it's all around you, and yet God says, I'm going to give you a peace. And now here's the hardest thing for us to do. Next verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Do you realize the power of that? If you're going to focus on your circumstances, you're going to get yourself in, a, in an anxious place. Worry, anxious, struggling, hurting, whatever it is. And Paul's like, why are you thinking about those things? Because all that's doing is feeding your anxiety Change your thinking. Think about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely. Now, you do remember, Paul's got feet in stocks, whipped back, hurting, and Paul's thinking about what's true, what is noble, what is right, what is lovely, what is admirable. You don't hear him go, I can't believe they did that to us. Can you believe they did that? 
What did we do wrong? All we did was speak. They rose above that. And they changed their thinking. And they basically put their thinking in Jesus. Because when you think about what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, I know of only one who's worthy of all that. Thinking about Jesus. Jesus, I'm right where you want me. And life is hard. But I trust you. I worship you. I praise you. I thank you. I'm grateful. And then that little anxiety starts to well up. Then you got to go, time out. You know, when I don't have peace, it's because of my choice. Because God offers it. And oftentimes, I choose, no, I don't want the peace, I'd rather worry. I'd rather get consumed in my thoughts about everything going bad. And God's like, okay, how's it working for you? Usually, horrible. See, that's just where, when you read this, remember Paul is in prison and he's hurting and he's struggling. And that's when he writes to them. All right, now let's see what Paul says to the Thessalonians about three books later, two books later. First Thessalonians chapter five. Remember, he just got run out. Mob forms, riot forms. They're angry with him again. They're looking for him to drag him out to beat him up again. He just got beat up, and they want to beat him up again. So he's writing now to the Thessalonian church. 1 Thessalonians 5, find verse 16. See if you find the pattern. He says, rejoice, how often? Always. Okay, now, now that's so interesting, isn't it? Rejoice, we just said, means to do it over and over and over and over. And he says, do it over and over and over. How often? Always. Why? Because he knows there's the answer to life. Rejoice constantly. But he told us last time, rejoice where? In your circumstances? No, rejoice in the Lord. Great reminder. And do it always, especially when life is hard. Pray continually. You know, that's kind of like, I, I heard a great, I'll just give you another image of this. During COVID, and we were all isolated, and I heard about people that work together in like offices where they're kind of open and so there's chit-chat going on all day long while you're working and these women were chit-chatting all day. And what they did is they, they all logged into Zoom and they just kept it open. So they're all doing their work, but they got Zoom on and they're not talking to each other. They're just present with each other. And I'm like, that's one of the best images for pray continually. Keep the zoom on God. 
Log in. You wake up, log in. Okay, God's there. So that all throughout the day, where's God? Ah, he's right there. Hey, God. Can you help me with this? You got it. God, I'm thinking about this, okay? And, and all it means to pray continually, it doesn't mean get on your knees and never go to work and never do anything because you're praying. No, it means keep the line of communication open at all times. And dialogue with God all throughout the day. And you're going to probably find that it's either easier to rejoice always when your line of communication with God is open at all times. Whether you're driving, working, at home, at the gym, doesn't matter. You're always just dialoguing with God. Little thing here, little thing there. That's it. That's what he means. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Remember, you can think about your circumstances and get yourself in a tailspin. But now he says, in your circumstances, give thanks to who? God. God, I don't understand my circumstances, but I'm going to thank you for who you are. I'm going to thank you for what you're doing. I'm going to thank you for how you're growing me. I thank you for how you're challenging me. I thank you that you're never going to leave me. I thank you that you're still with me. I thank you that you're, you'll never, ever, ever leave me. See, don't focus on the circumstances. Find things to be grateful for. And I love how Paul ends this last verse. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered, like, I want to follow God's will? Have you ever thought that? Probably. Well, I really want to do God's will. Excellent. And we're all looking for something like, oh, is that your will? I want to do that. Oh, is that your will? I want to do that. Is that your will? I think we miss it. God says, You want my will? Here's the formula. Rejoice. How often? Always. Pray how often? Continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And you know what you find? You're right in the middle of God's will. You see, because when you're here in this arena, you're dialoguing with God, you're searching the scriptures, you're praying, you're rejoicing in your relationship with the Lord. When you're doing those things, God is leading. God has the ability to lead you in your life. But when we slide over here, and we get wrapped up in the day-to-day, -day, wrapped up in the circumstances, wrapped up in the problems, the anxiety, the worry, the fears, the everything else, God could have, he could be speaking with a bullhorn. Are you listening? No? The proverbial get hit with a two by four. You think God has to hit you with a two by four over here? No? It's when you abandon that and you started focusing on your circumstances 
that sometimes you get hit with that proverbial two by four, but oftentimes, this is what I think God actually does. He, he's not going to hit you. He's just going to wait. Remember in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody opens the door, I'll come in and dine with them. When I forget if it was Elisha or Elijah went to seek God, there was a hurricane or there was a you know, loud wind and all that stuff earthquake. God wasn't in any of those. God was in the whisper. What, what, what's God trying to tell us? When you get caught up in your circumstances, you're not listening. It's so easy to get out of God's will. It's so easy to take life in your own hands, solve it on your own, do what you think, and you just you get so caught up here that you're no longer listening, you're no longer seeking God, you're no longer reading the scriptures, you're no longer praying continually, you're no longer rejoicing, and then this is where life gets really hard. Because we're probably not where God wants us. So I hope you hear this from where I'm coming from. It's not just my life, it's probably your life. It was Paul's life that Paul just gave us a formula and said, when you're being whipped, when there's mobs, when you're being stoned and hurt and jailed and in stocks because of your relationship with Christ, come over here. Pray. Give thanks. Focus on what is true, what is noble, what is lovely, what is admirable. Focus on Christ. And I think you'll find that God will gently just say to you, you're right where I want you. You're right at the center of God's will. And I hope you heard this. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. This is where God wants us to dwell. Every day. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Always. Rest in God. Rejoice in the Lord. That's what God wants us to do. All right, well, let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much that when we get caught up into life, you show us a better way. And you invite us. It's an invitation. You don't mandate it. You don't force us. You invite us to pray. You invite us to seek the scriptures. You invite us to rejoice in you. You invite us because you know you know that's right where you want us. And then you promised us that peace that passes all understanding. God, we long for that. And you just gave us the way. God, help us to really take this to heart and not focus on what's going on around us, but to focus more on you. And we just want to say thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that 
we know what to do because you've invited us. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.